This is a story of sorts, the podcast mostly about bookish stuff, and I am your host, Karina Pereira. Hello everyone! On this episode, I chat with Taffy Taylor Black about her book Where Are We Tomorrow, about life as a tour manager, and about the anti-domestic violence organization, The Dove. Have a listen! Tavi, welcome to A Story of Sorts. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to be here. Tell us about yourself. Well, I live in outside of Seattle. I live actually on an island in the U.S. And I um, am obviously an author. Or I wouldn't be here. Um, but I, I consider myself uh, an artist. I also paint and uh have been in bands, not very good ones. Um, oh. and, and Let's I, hope and they don't teach, hear it. Uh, that's so- <laughs> yeah, that's all right. You have to know what you're good at. Um, and um, I also used to teach ballroom dance. So I've done a lot of different arts in my life. Um, but the, the great thing about writing is that I could take it with me. And when I was um, traveling with bands for a living. Um, I've done all kinds of jobs um, from a lighting person up to, um, I'm actually currently the tour manager of a band that is just starting to tour again after (laughs) two and a half years. So I'm a busy person with a family. But that's and, how you uh, like to to stay as well. I like to I like to keep busy. <laughs> so it was an interesting couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I imagine like, especially if you're used to being on the road and then not knowing what's going to happen and what not, like canceling and scheduling and canceling. Right. The great thing about it is it did afford me more time to write. Yeah. Um, and so what I started to say was that um, with doing all of these different arts, being on the road with bands, like uh, writing really became something that I could do anywhere. And that's where my focus went. And when I decided to go back to grad school for writing, and that was many years ago now, but I decided to stop painting for the first time in my life. Wow. And that was a hard decision to make, but I think it was a good one. But did you decide to start painting because it was taking focus from the writing? Yes, I felt like you really can only do so many things in life. I've done a lot, <laughs> but um, if you want to get really good at something, I, I feel like you do need to focus and concentrate. And for me, I felt like I needed to do that with my writing. It was sort of all over the place. And I was I really wanted to throw all my effort into the writing. That is really cool because like I I have a feeling that personally I'm the sort of person who is kind of good at several things but not really good at specific things and sometimes I think that's good but sometimes I think it's also a a sort of like a flaw or fault because then you're doing all these things but nothing is as good as you would like it to be. Right. Yeah. I think that's what I was definitely feeling. And um, to be really good at writing, as you know, you've talked to a lot of writers, you really have to give it everything. You have to, to focus, you have to be dedicated to it and um, really study it. I feel like, so it was a good choice on my part. It really, it got me where I am. Um, But um, I'm lucky that I get to sort of dabble in painting now with, uh, I do the sets for our local ballet. So I get to paint big backdrops every year. So you're back to also doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we're here to talk about your book, uh, which is called Where Are We Tomorrow? Which I thought was a really 
great title actually for the um, for the the whole story especially because i can imagine like you have it in the story the people in tours are kind of okay where are we tomorrow because you know you travel so exactly. much you have no idea where you are would you It's like to true. yeah sorry sorry carry on yeah i i the title is interesting because i had always heard that it's you can keep a working title that's the one i've always used and i just um it just came out one day as i was thinking about the story that I was writing and it actually it started the working title originally was Tuscany girls and somebody oh, sort okay. of questioned me about that because about a, at least a good third of the book is in Tuscany mm -hmm. and um, somebody said well they're not really they're not from Tuscany and it's not really about Tuscany why is it called that and so mm -hmm. I I thought you know that person is right and so i i just sort of started um reading over through the book and that one just jumped out at me i was like right this is what the book is about where are they going nobody really knows when you're on tour what day it is what city you're in and and in their lives they're not sure where they're going so for me that one jumped out and so i used that and i had heard that um, publishers often won't let you keep the title that you that are going to choose one for you but my publisher was great and they never questioned that title they yeah but said, yeah i also do think it works better than tuscany girls because yeah because mm -hmm. of that because in the sense that it, it really is when you read the blurb on the back it makes perfect sense immediately yeah so yeah and it's like the whole even even though a lot of it is um is played in italy the whole like the the core of it is really the women on on tour and yeah i would like you to reveal a bit of the plot to us sure um this story is about four women working backstage on a rock tour and alex the protagonist is a Uh, late 30s and she's a woman who's not sure where she wants to go she's not sure she loves touring anymore um and she becomes accidentally pregnant and discovers through this process that oh maybe i maybe i do want to have a baby but it's not just a baby it's like she's searching for a home she's searching for a place that she belongs because she's been running her whole life and through this process she discovers there's a lot in her past and her family that she didn't know uh that has made her uh want to escape and not settle down and so she goes back into her past um, through an old family friend who happens to be in tuscany and discovers why she's been so unsettled for most of her life and um you were talking also about that we've been interrupted with some technical issue but you were talking also about like life on tour and about how back when you started was very rare and it still is to have like because the story is about this for women and right. it was very rare to have uh, so many women on tour it's it was definitely when i first started touring and i guess that was back in the mid 90s <laughs> um there i often would be the only woman on the tour mm -hmm. and certainly they didn't expect me i used to walk into a venue and they would the local stagehands would often point out oh the kitchen's over there oh wow <laughs> I'd be like, well that's great but i'd like to find your electrician so yeah <laughs> um they were often surprised that i would be um working on the electrics crew and um often quite surprised when I was in charge by the time, you know, I got up to doing like the mm -hmm. crew chief. 
And um, how and when did the idea to write uh, "Where are you? Where are we tomorrow?" come to you? Um, I yeah, I didn't really want to write about touring because I was so tired of it. Um, uh, I actually, my book who's, that's coming out next, I wrote before I wrote this one. Um, but uh, I was on a writer's retreat with some grad school friends, and I just thought. I'm going to write about this because it's a little uncomfortable. And I mm -hmm. think that that's some of the best writing that comes out. And um, I got this idea because I had been on a tour with um, Nora Jones, actually, who all of, there were so many women on that tour. I had never been on a tour like that before. And so all of the characters in here are based on real women that I know. And they look like the characters and they have the same jobs as the characters in this book. Um, and as I was writing, I didn't actually think about the fact that this might come out someday and maybe they wouldn't really want me writing about them. <laughs> and um, so it was after I got the book contract that I went to them and I said, oh, you guys, you know, I've been writing this book. I had kind of hinted, you know, I was writing a book about being on the road. Um, and they all were, they've just been really great. Um, there was a few moments that one of the characters was like, hey, um, I, I, I'm afraid people are going to think that this is my story. This isn't my story because the storylines are all fictional. <laughs> and um, she was a little bit put out, but she she was really great about she's the, the real problem was that I used her her hometown. And she mm -hmm. said, it's a really small hometown. They're going to know it's me. And I said, okay, I'll change that. So I went back <laughs> and I changed that. And, um, and they've all been really great about it. And a couple of them really got a kick out of me using them as a basis for characters. And uh, how was like your experience? Because you toured with rock bands for 14 years and you continue mm -hmm. to be a tour manager, uh, but the freelance, right? Yeah, freelance. Um, so I don't do it often now yeah. only a couple of months a year i would really love to know how how is that life like uh just give us an idea of uh, how it is yeah it really <laughs> is a lot like you read about in the book it's um it's it's um it's got you know obviously i wouldn't continue doing it if if it was horrible all the way around and i sometimes get the feeling like maybe i portrayed it in the book as horrible and i didn't mean to do that it's it's exciting you get to visit like i'm going to europe this fall with the group and it's a, you know traveling the way i'd never get to travel mm -hmm. otherwise and that's fabulous and it's really good to be um you know good at your job and respected and that kind of stuff um but it is difficult it's hard to you know you don't get much sleep you're moving every day and that does something to your body i yeah. feel like um, it really messes with your, I don't know much about circadian rhythms, but I know that being on tour like that really does um, mess with your sleep and your energy levels. And I kind of always get into a mode of, I'm just going, I can do anything for a month. And when I come home, I can rest. And I yeah. just forget about trying to sleep. I, instead of sleeping, I'll go for a run because I feel like that's going to get my energy up instead. Um, but it's not an easy life. I mean, showering in, in venues and um, getting on a tour bus. I don't do the, that kind of touring anymore. I usually 
only do the kind that you go in a hotel. <laughs> you know, it's just because I'm older and I can be choosy. I only tour with one band now. Of course, yeah. So, and they do yoga, music, sort of chanting. So it's a whole different vibe. Which you also kind of took a bit for for the book, because this book, because that's the thing. It was like you had like this community. Um, mm -hmm. the stories in the book at least there, there was like this community and uh, they also did some yoga practicing to kind of open right. up and, and yeah, connect and that with was, each other we did that on the Nora Jones tour yeah she she was just so fabulous and um, Nora was so great when I sent her this book and said hey would you give me a blurb and what do you think and she was so gracious and she did and she said but the thing is I'm afraid that everybody's gonna think I'm Sadie <laughs> I'm not like that, am I? And I was like, oh my God, you were never like that. She's the exact opposite of Sadie. Sadie is completely yeah. fictional. It's curious because it's it's also that idea that we have of like the diva. Yes. So it's, and but it's also a fun character. You can actually, you can kind of understand why as well, especially being mm -hmm. a woman. Yeah. And the demands and do, that she needs to, yeah. You wouldn't know at, when you're, when you're a star, a super mega star like that, you wouldn't know who was your, really your friend. And that's the thing yeah. that I tried to portray with Sadie is how do you know who actually loves you for you? Um, I also would like to know, like you talk about, of course, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why the book, you, you said maybe the book is a bit heavier or a bit less positive about mm -hmm. life on tour, but this is also yeah. because it focused so much on the lives of four women, well, five, but especially for women who are in in kind of like a place of change and trying yes. to figure them, themselves out and, and dealing with that discrimination and sexism. Um, what about like your own experience with, with sexism? Is it something like, do you feel that it's still very much there? Um, how do you, did you deal with it? Yeah, I, I, unfortunately I do. I think it's gotten way better. I mean, when I started, there was such surprise to see me there. And I don't yeah. think it's like that. I think there are more women that are doing this kind of work, but I still do think that you are, um, you are going to deal with misogyny. It just the, is the way it is. It's, it's a man's world out there. And especially when it comes to the technical side yeah. of mm -hmm. um, touring and the mechanics and I, I just remember so strongly like dealing with loading the truck. If, if I'd go into the truck and tell, try to tell like the Teamsters how to pack the truck, they wouldn't expect that I actually knew how to do it or could lift in that way. And, mm -hmm. and I think that you'd probably still get that kind of thing today. Um, it's a fight we're having everywhere, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, but I do, I always say, I hope it's changing. I, I think it's a little bit different for me now because I'm older and I'm the tour manager. So I feel like on the production side of things in the office, I feel like men take women more seriously on the production side of it. Whereas um, in the venue with the technical side, they still don't expect women to know how to like run a motor controller or, you know, yeah. fix a moving light or something like that. Yeah. Um, I would also like to know more about like each woman you decided to portray, but also why mm -hmm. did you decide to write these particular stories? 
like I said, the, the characters themselves, you know, are based on these women I knew and like the Brooke character is my, probably my favorite character there because she's so unlike me. Um, I think each of these characters have a little bit of myself in them or how I, um, but the Brooke character is so feminine and so um, just in some ways carefree and um, she's a bit of a diva herself and mm -hmm. I, I love her so much and she does she's so much like um, my friend Mia Adams who I based it on who is an actress and a singer herself and just joyous I just love being around those women but I thought okay I have to give each of them something that they're working on right and so I, I felt like as I wrote, each of their stories came up as like, okay, um, what is what is the deal with Kat? And she's based on a friend of mine. And she, yeah. um, who is um, not, my friend who is based on is not a lesbian, is not a closeted lesbian, but I gave her that as her issue. And I think that to write good literature you need to have everybody has an under, underlying motivation about mm -hmm. why they do what they do and um so what i really wanted to do was take a look at all of the different ways you could be a woman all of the different ways that there are feminine women there are masculine women there are lesbians there are straight people there are confused people there are and i just wanted to look at all the different ways that you could really be a woman in particularly in this male world and so as I was writing I was like what would be the most feminine thing you could do in there and that's like oh you could have a baby could you have a baby on the road and um those those kind of issues so I I feel like they developed their own storylines and as we went along and obviously I mean I don't think you can write women's stories without talking about sexual sexual assault or mm -hmm. abuse I mean yeah. they're just having done the work that I've done so I also um I don't know I think it says it in my bio that I was I worked for a um anti-domestic abuse um yeah. group on the island I live on and um was one of the founding members of that and uh I, I just i know those stories are out there and it's so prevalent and i just felt compelled to talk about those issues and um and so those came up and they weren't the original thing i was writing about in this book um yeah. but there it was so in your bio as you said um it says that you are a set designer for the fashion dance academy uh you were and you still are a tour manager and you're also the founding director of a, an anti-domestic violence non-profit organization and i would like to know how did writing come to take place among all this project like when did you start writing how old were you more or less was it something that was always with you across the years as you did all these things yeah i feel like i always really wanted to i loved books they were the thing that I did from the time I was, you know, I could read. Um, and I don't think I dared. I, I tried to write early on, um, got very discouraged by both a tutor and a friend, oh, and I just didn't do it. And yeah. that's so sad to me because it I, is, you know, it's the worst. Why didn't I dare? But anyway, I didn't. But I always secretly did. So I'd keep journals and 
finally, when I, I mean, I came to writing later, I, um, I was probably 35 and I just wanted to do it so badly that I rented a little cabin in the Florida Keys and I rented it for three days. And I said, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write 50 pages of a novel. And if I can do that, then I am a writer. And I did. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't anything anybody has ever seen, but it did. No, get but me... it's a draft, right? Yeah, that's, that's it was the a first draft. Thing you and then need. I, yeah, and I started writing short stories and then quickly decided, oh, I need some help. I can't do this by myself. I don't know anybody who writes. I don't. Um, I knew a lot of other kind of artists, but I didn't know very many writers. And so I uh, applied to grad schools and got in. And so at 37, I went back to grad school. So it was. Um, and from there, I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And I would also really love to hear about the anti-domestic violence organization uh, that I just mentioned, um, which is called Dove Project. The Dove right? Project, yeah. How did you um, start it? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm be, like I mentioned, I live on an island, so there's about 10,000 people here. And when I my daughter was a baby, I had stopped touring and... Um, found myself with a little bit of extra time. I was working for another kind of nonprofit um, that was a, um, it was a youth, a youth nonprofit. And somebody had just said to me, would you like to be on this um, uh, panel to, to kind of look at domestic violence on the islands? And it turned out that when we had services here, which had been several years, there were you know, 50 people a year got help. And then when there was no services here, maybe 12 did because they had to go off island. It's very difficult. And so we just started looking into the issue and realizing, oh, this is a bigger problem than we, than we thought it was. And um, I just got really invested in it when I had all of this time. And so I just worked with uh, four other people and we, I ended up being the first director of it. We founded a board and now it's actually quite a big um, nonprofit on the island. They do all of this amazing work in the schools and prevention. Um, I worked there for about three years. And um, by that point, my daughter you know, was a three-year-old. I had this draft of the novel and I finally went to the board and said, I just, one of these I have three babies and one of these has to go and, you know, it just, it, it, it can't be, um, it can't be my child. Of course. <laughs> it can't be the novel. It's gotta be you. But I found this amazing woman, um, to take my place. And I said, I think you ought to hire her. And, um, she, she really built up the program and, um, it's, it's so important on the Island right now. I think they serve 50 people a month here now. Well, yeah, that's a lot, especially with the 10,000 inhabitants. It's a small, small uh, town. Wow. Yeah. Which projects are you working on at the moment? Uh, I I was going to ask if there are any plans for a future novel, but I think you already wrote something. So So I have a historical novel that will be coming out early next year. Oh, yeah. um, With the same publisher. Um, And then I also am working on... um, revising a draft I have of a middle grade uh, Mm -hmm. fantasy which I worked on with my daughter who is now 12 oh Um, cool (laughs) yeah and so uh I have 
one and a half books in this series, I think I'm going to write for that. Um, and then of course I have a bunch of other projects. I have a sort of dystopian one I'm working on and uh, that's kind of put aside. And um, then I'm also thinking about a sequel to my historical. So um, only need more time in the day. So plenty of projects. And, and do you, can you reveal anything about the novel that's coming out like next year? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so it's set in 1913 in uh, coastal Maine on in an estate. She's a maid is the um, so it seems I always go back to women's issues. And this is a, um, a maid who becomes impregnated by the um, estate owner and, and feels like she now has a place in on this estate that like her child is going to belong to it somehow and you know back in 1913 that wasn't something yeah. that could ever happen and so she's a little deluded about that but um this book's a little more plot driven than where mm -hmm. are we tomorrow there's um there's a jewel heist there's all kinds of things that happen in in this this novel okay so we gotta keep our eyes open for that <laughs> <laughs> and uh, where can people find you online so that they can get their news. <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, I have a, a newsletter they can sign up for on my website. It's just taviblack.com, T-A-V-I-B-L-A-C-K.com. And I'm on Instagram. And now this is the last question of the podcast, the uh, most difficult according to every guest. Um, <laughs> I would like an all-time favorite book and a book you would recommend right now. Oh, yeah. Um, not only hardened to narrow it down right for all-time favorite um but one that i like to recommend because i just feel like people have maybe forgotten about this book is um a fine balance by rohinton mystery it's uh, about india it's it's set in india he's a canadian indian canadian author and ah uh, it is tragic it is epic um i i just always i haven't heard anybody that I recommended it to that didn't love it. So okay. that's what I would recommend. And then for right now, I think because I'm reading um, sort of all over in genres, I, I used to just only read literary fiction and that was it. Um, but now I'm doing some more middle grade, young adults. Um, I just finished um, The House in the Cerulean Sea. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so interesting. It's such a, you know, it's a fantasy. It's fun it's an easy read but yeah it's really digging at you know the sort of really important themes of like who do we accept as a person and you know gender and sexual orientation and and I really love love that book I've read uh like I haven't read it yet I have it at home already I already bought it but a lot of people recommended it so yeah, I'm also very curious one. about it <laughs> yeah I think you'll like it it's fun Savvy. Thank you so much for the recommendations and thank you for coming to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was really fun talking to you. It's a pleasure. <laughs> oh, can I mention one more thing? Yeah, for sure. That I for totally sure. forgot. Maybe you could fit this in. Is yeah. that I also have a podcast. Oh, and, tell, tell us about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's a writing podcast and it's called The Personal Element. Um, I co-host with a grad school friend of mine um, and we talk about uh, personal essays. We have a writer read their personal essay and then we sort of take it apart and talk about what we love about the essay. 
Okay, great. I will also add it to the show's notes so that people great. can access it. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate cool. it. Yeah. You can access today's show's notes via my pod page, which you can find along with all of my social media links at linktree slash Karina Pereira. If you have enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting A Story of Sorts on Patreon. Patreon is a platform which allows you to contribute monthly to the podcast in exchange for extra content, such as early access to episodes, a shout-out at the end of an episode and on Instagram, and choosing a theme for me to talk about on the podcast. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash a story of sorts. Leaving a review would also be highly appreciated. Don't forget to subscribe to get a notification when the next episode hits. I'll talk to you then, and thank you for listening.